question. I want to ask y'all a question. Who do you think going to win this NBA Finals championship, uh, Toronto or Golden State Warriors? Uh, you know, my money is on Toronto. Did you? Did you? Okay, that's just because they beat the, uh, yeah, the Warriors. It's, beat the it's, it's a completely biased answer. I have zero, uh, you know, zero facts behind what I'm saying. It's just emotional. My, my, my hope is that they lose. That's, that's a losing bet right there. We're not exit that. Okay. Just uh, no. We gotta get the questions off of it. That's why I think if if I turn it on on there, then I can just look at it on there, right? No, you can't, but you can't see the post question. from the Cedar Hill Chamber with my boy David Darty. What up? Owner of Starchy's Cleaners. And so we got some questions over the weekend about fashion, money, and business. We're playing with this uh, format. We might start doing it a couple times a, uh, a month. Because, hey, we did a vlog together. Shout out to Capitol Hill Vlog. I know. It kind of reminds me of Capitol Hill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, back in the day, so we're going to start doing more of that. But we're about to get the questions up. Um, and running here in a second. Oh no, it's uh, uh, go to ask Philip Page. That's why. All right, I got you. Um, so for those of y'all though who um, uh, who are watching, um, I do want to ask you a question. I want to ask y'all a question. Who do you think gonna win this NBA Finals championship, uh, Toronto or Golden State Warriors? Uh, you know, my money is on Toronto. Did you? Did you? Okay, that's just because they beat the, uh, yeah, the Warriors. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a completely biased answer. I have zero, uh, you know, zero facts behind what I'm saying. It's just emotional. My, my, my hope is that they lose. That's, that's a losing bet right there. We're not exit that. Okay. Just, uh, no, we got to get the questions off of it. That's why I think if, if I turn it on on there, then I can just look at it on there, right? No, you can't, but you can't see the post question. All right, there it is. All right. First question that we got. Okay, um, what should I do about what I heard on news in relation to the yield curve on investing? Oh, on the yield curve inverting, sorry. Got it, got it. So, so um, that question actually, uh, was a question that came up over the weekend. I got forwarded. Um, oh, wait. Okay, okay, okay. Back up, back up. Let me so, explain what that means. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'll explain what it means. I'm Barney yeah. style. So, the yield curve inverting, right? It's basically when it, you get loan money to the U.S. government. And you, the U.S. government, you can loan them money for three months, you know, for 10 years, for 30 years, right? And so, what the yield curve inverting means is, um, um, you're going to loan them, let's say you loan them money for three months. Okay. Right? That interest rate you earn from the government um, for three months 
for in this example, is higher than what the interest you would earn for loaning about money at 10 years, right? right? Which is not natural, right? Normally, if you lend out money, uh, you know, you get paid more for a longer period of time because right. you're locking so your money risk. up for a long period of time. Um, but whenever it inverts, uh, that, that basically means money is coming out of the system and the, the, the price of money is discouraging long-term investments, right? And everything in the economy, uh, well, not everything, a lot of lending in the economy uh, is around banks. And so in that scenario, banks are not really willing to lend, uh, which is the most important part because if they got to pay, for example, 2% on deposits um, or 3% on deposits, and they're only and they are earning less or at least that um, when they lend it out over the long term, which which is not a real apples to apples. But the point is, as that spread tightens, mm -hmm. uh, the banks earn less money, which means they don't want to take as much risk. Which means they're going to give out less business loans. Which means businesses are going to hire less, invest less. Right? It's the trickle down effect okay. uh, for um, the economy. And so when that happens, what what that basically is telling you is the the you know, the markets are saying the economy is likely to slow. Okay, that's what right. I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, the question behind the question that somebody's asking is, should I do anything with my investments um, different than what I'm doing now when, when that happens, right? And so my deal is, obviously, it depends, right? For me, I'm a value investor, and I don't invest based on what, uh, liquidity looks like, or what the, you know, what rates look like, or whether banks are willing to lend, right? I follow value. So, if you know, I'm looking at, hey, over a five to seven year period of time, you know, what investments do I feel will uh, grow conservatively, you know, at a rate that I'm comfortable with, you know, mm -hmm. above just leaving it in bonds or cash, right? Um, and the short-term noise or the yield curve inverting or us going into a recession or the economy slows down, the only thing that does for me is give me more opportunities, right? Because when that happens, I'm looking at companies and if I think, oh, if this company at this price is likely to give me a 15% year a year return, when the yield curve inverts or, you know, or flattens and prices come down, right? Then that raises the expected return of the company that I that I did my valuation work on because I'm I'm not investing in the short term. If you're investing in the short term, then maybe all this stuff you know matters because you're trying to make money in three months, four months, or twelve months. But I'm looking at a five to seven year time frame investing through you know economic cycles, and so these situations create opportunities for companies that I've wanted to buy um, that I am not able to buy. Right? Okay, so you're still interested in you know buy low, sell high, mm -hmm. but you're, you want to buy, ideally, you want to buy as low as possible. Yeah. And then when you never really want to sell, I guess. No, no, I mean, you, 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 you sell whenever the market comes to you, right? So, you know, today people love, you know, tech stocks and new stocks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, everything goes in cycle. You have tech stocks, then you have, um, you know, commodity-based old boring stocks, and they go in cycle, right? So in 2006, seven. Uh, well, really, from 2003 to 2007, the hottest stocks were energy-based companies, right? Banks, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, construction-type companies, right? And then the late 90s was tech, right? Those two cycles recycle back and forth, you know, over periods of time. They're kind of yin and yang. Not, not, not quite, you know, um, you know, 
opposite, but they typically move different, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you own energy stocks and all those stocks in 2007, they got expensive, but you can buy tech stocks for cheap because they have been falling since 2000, right? Or not growing as fast as 2000. So when you bought tech stocks, now tech stocks played out. And, and, and so you just, when you buy based on value, you're always buying what's out of favor, right? And you're looking uh, unattractive for a long period of time until the market chases you and then the for euphoria builds and then you sell to the excited people. <laughs> so, so well, well, I guess, okay, for layman's term though, if I hear um, inverting yield curve, I need to be thinking defensively as far as for my investing or? If, if, if you're a short-term trader, which I'm not, then maybe, depending on your system and strategy. Okay. Right? Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't think. Well, not necessarily from an investment perspective, but just looking at, okay, so do I need to, you know, I guess you always need to be practical, right? But, you know, that's probably not the time to be over leveraging your home or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, yeah, de you, you definitely don't want to like take a whole lot of risk when the yield curve is inverted. It's inverted, okay, yeah. okay, and that's, that's, a, that's a great point. So ne next question. question, this is this is the fashion part. Okay. What's business casual gear for the summer? But they have a lot of like summer networking events, summer happy hours, or even just like meetings that are in the summertime when people are more relaxed. Sure. Uh, so for, um, for men, uh, you always want to wear a jacket. Um, you know, some people decide to take the jacket off. I think if you're, if you're really sitting down to be to do something serious, um, you know, unless you already have money, then they don't really care, right? It doesn't matter what you wear. You can wear a t-shirt or whatever. But, but if you're if you're going down to sit with a, a meeting with a peer, I would definitely suggest either some nice slacks, maybe some really nice jeans, right, uh, with dress shoes. Some Thursday boots. Uh, make sure that your belt matches the color of your your shoes. Um, if you know, keyword being casual, um, you could probably get away with with khakis with a blazer. Uh, your shirt can be open. Um, I wouldn't go with uh, like pins and lapels and a lot of other things because those are look, looked at a little bit too fashion forward. Um, you know, so you want to be a little bit more on the conservative side, but you can be a little bit more relaxed as far as not having on a tie or bow tie and stuff like that. Really, is in, in what I've seen, at least in my industry, you know, casual definitely means unbutton the top collar and you can remove the tie, but it doesn't necessarily mean just completely, you know, break out your, you know, your chucks and your, your socks <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Don't, don't be putting on your extra tight shorts. <laughs> So, no, no, so short ones the, 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 yeah, 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 the red ones. You don't want to do that. Okay. Um, so, um, so yeah. As far as for the ladies, uh, you definitely, um, you know, same type of attire. You can wear some nice uh, dress shoes with jeans, or some nice slacks with a blazer, or in women's case, without a blazer, uh, nice, nice top. Um, you know, laundered or, or, or dry clean. So, okay. Yeah, uh, well, light materials too. So you don't want to. You know, having a black shirt, uh, probably a, a lighter colored shirt, uh, light blue, white, something like that. Maybe a light gray, thin stripes, nothing too gaudy. Got it. Makes sense. I like that. Ah, sorry about that. Okay, so next question. How do I sell products? How do I sell people my products and services on social media without being spammy? Spammy. Okay. Hey, have you, that do, do you get like do you get like DMs or like <laughs> messages from no people DMs. trying to sell you stuff? No DMs. No. No. no? no Nobody's ever like, hey, like I got literally got one this morning. Like, 
And this this chick said, uh, and I don't even, I'm not even friends with her. She said, uh, hey, have you ever thought about investing in Bitcoin, which is, you know, make you a lot of money in short period of time? Like, I'm like, are you seriously sending? Like, so if I see anything like that, I usually don't even open it. I just deny. I mean, but I get like one of those a week on like LinkedIn, Instagram. It's, I'm like, that's the first way to like, first well, of all, first of all. popular than me. I don't know. Well, I guess. I but, but I mean, people like trying to sell people their multi-level marketing thing through the to the uh, here's the point like that's not the way to sell right um, that, that that is the fast that's the definition of spammy that's the fast that is the fastest way to like n- never um, have me buy anything from you again I think people look at social media and they see the accessibility of people how you can reach anybody without their email address or their phone number oh, wait, okay so define spammy is it is it is it that they just Uninvitedly, spammy is like you know. Sp- spammy is like you know. You, you know, you got the friend to do inappropriate things. Sure, like, but, yeah. but what about the what about that stranger approaching you in your DMs made that inappropriate? Because yeah, because well, because some yeah, people so, yeah. some people will say shoot your shot. Yeah. So so here's the here's the context of the question, and and, and the point of the question is to clarify um, what is considered spammy and what's not. Right? right. So so there are certain rules. Like I think the new rules of selling. Are changing in social media where before it was you know people didn't like cold calling but it was it was acceptable if you called the business owner on you know um, at the business right, right. but but if you never had their cell phone number and you called the business owner's cell phone and you're not friends right that was kind of like say bro like that's inappropriate right. you know what I'm saying right. and so the new days of social media is learning how to uh, sell when you can access anybody right and by the way you know like everything works. Like you can always shoot your shot, you know, and be spammy because there's plenty of spam people who make who make money, right. you know. But but I don't think spam people make um, build brand and build long term customers. Like there's people who get short term sales. But you know, I bought something from somebody before, and I was like, I'll never buy from them again. Like afterwards, because like you know, were they spammy? Spammy for sure. You know, it was a car, matter of fact. Okay. Business, you, <laughs> business you, a business you know a lot about, right? Yeah. So 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 here's the point, right? Social, how to sell um, on social Products, media? Yeah, how to sell on social media without you know, being spammy? I, I think the important part is to put out a lot of content, right? So put out videos, um, you know, blog posts, posts. Um, I, I, you know, y'all know I have a podcast, so podcasts are good. But don't just put out the videos and think they're gonna sell. What you have to do is combine that with the, you know, coffee meetings, with the networking events, with the shaking hands and kissing babies in person because what you do is you you meet somebody you shake your hands you shake hands in person you don't talk about um you don't talk about in-person business or selling right there's no taboo when you go to network events right. i sell you you don't do that that's a no-no you go there and you say how do you feel about going to state wars in toronto right you start talking right you build a relationship you exchange cards right then you go back to your office you shoot them an email and you say Hey, great meeting you. You know, love talking to you. And you may have on your signature, check out my podcast here. Or you may just let them know, hey, if you ever got any questions on whatever, I have a podcast where I give out a lot of free information, right? And you put them in your funnel, right? You also request them on social media. And then if you're putting out content that's relevant to them, right? Because because if they're a buyer, if they're not a buyer, they're going to ignore your information anyway. Right. But then if they're, and and then you're you're wasting your time calling them anyway. Right. But if they're a buyer, and what you're saying is relevant, it's going to put them in your funnel nat- naturally, right? So then the next time you see them when you follow up on a phone call, they'll say something like, hey, Philip, 
I watched your videos. They're pretty cool, real interesting. Thanks for sharing it, right? And you say, hey, group, hey, you mind a good coffee and we can elaborate on, you know, what video you thought was most helpful and we can talk more about that. And they'll say, yeah, and or what happens a lot is they'll reach out to you and just say, hey, man, I was watching your video. You, know, you didn't even know they are watching your video. And you said something that I thought was valuable and I'd love to talk to you about whatever, right? So, and or so, so, so hook them in with something that you've seen or put out or something to get the yeah, conversation you, started. Yeah, you, you, the old school rules of kissing hands, shaking babies, networking events, like talking to anybody who you meet, that game is still on and more important than ever, right? But the game that you also have to play is put out content you know, as many places as possible so they can consume where they go. So, so you're building brand while you sleep, right? Because nice. now what used to happen is they got your business card and they forgot about you. Right. Right. Now they're between coffee meetings, they're like, man, this guy, you know, David Philip is like smart, right? You know, you know what he's talking about. And you know what to say, hey, you know I'm pretty smart, bro. I got to say that. <laughs> All right. So next question. Next question. Is it okay to not wear suits for business meetings in 20, oh, 2019? No. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, okay. It depends on, I think, you know what? <clears throat> we just had the question about business casual and, you know, all that still applies. Here's the deal, though. Um, it depends on who you're doing business with, right? And, um, you know, I made the comment about the, 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 the T-shirts, right? You know, you still want to show up to the meeting, and, and it de 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 depends on the the position in the meeting. So, for instance, let's say I'm like, "Hey, Philip, uh, really want fifty million dollars, right? You're in a three piece suit, right? You know, at a, a maple desk, right? Very formal, right? If I show up to that meeting and I have on what I'm wearing today, you're gonna say, "Thank you, but no thanks, right? Like I'm ready to go to the beach, but you know." If I'm coming to your home or you're a very casual person and you show me, hey, look, you know, when you come, you know, bring your wife and kids and, you know, while we're having some cheese and wine, you know, let's talk business. That's that's completely different. All right. So it's just going to depend on your audience, what position that you're in. Um, you know, are you the person that's, um, you know, more in the position of control? Are you the person that's asking for something? Is it something that's mutual, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, if, if you guys are pretty much on the same level, maybe uh, I've got good credit, but you've got money, or um, you have bad credit, or maybe you have, you know, vice versa. Whatever this, this situation is, depending on the deal, it just depends on the deal and the circumstances that are surrounding the deal. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think that that's, that's out of line. So now, I, I wouldn't say every time wear a three-piece suit and everything, so. That makes sense. Um, okay, another question for me. Yep. So, how do I make clothes last? Let me elaborate on what this means, right? Because this is this is like literally a question that um, that I you know that I have personally. I think that's a great question. Yeah, because nowadays, man, it's just like you know, I, you know, people, especially people, want to be smarter financially, waste less money. Um, right. And so, I, less clothes I have to buy. Um, the longer I can have my clothes last. When I keep in my pocket, so how do you make clothes last? Great question. Uh, my first answer is to go see starches, right? We are the professionals, we know how to do everything, we know everything about clothes. But here's the Not reality at all, right? I tell some of my customers when they come in, they're, they're like, Well, you know, they may have a, a wool sweater or something like that. You don't have to take it to the dry cleaners every time. Uh, you know, some some sweaters it says you can hand wash, get some wool light, put it in a, a, a bowl, and, and, and hang dry, right? Everything that you have that's for business, you don't necessarily have to take it to the, the cleaners. And I have clients all the time that are like, hey, you know, I try to buy stuff that, 
and I don't have to take it to the cleaners, right? And I get it, right? We're all trying to save money. Um, some things I definitely do suggest. Um, a men's button-up shirt, you're going to get about 52 washes out of it, right? And if you think about your closet, you don't just have five shirts where you're having to wear it every week. Right. So you're going to get maybe two, maybe three early years. In, early in the business, I only had like five shirts, bro. And to I, each I, his I, own. I, to I each his own. Hand, I, I think if you've got five shirts... And that's what you got to go into to, to business with. That's what you do. But you don't say, I'm not going to go into business because I only have right, five right. shirts, right? There's no shame in that. Um, just make make sure you want to, you know, make sure that they're clean and presentable um, until they're not. Um, but but the main thing is just uh, read the care instructions, right? Um, you know, I have an article uh, literally in my office right now that Levi recommends that you don't wash your jeans. Now, personally, I think that's kind of dis disgusting, but... That's that's just what they say for their for their so um, to make your lives longer. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's not. Well, it's more so about the dye, right? So, I don't know if you've ever bought a pair of five hundred ones, but they're mm -hmm. they're they make the jeans to be customized. Mm -hmm. So, where how you put your hands and put your hands in your pockets and, and just the way you wear your clothes, the dye is going to fade accordingly. But, but, but you know, like I'm lactose intolerant, so like if for lunch I have like some cheese or some ice cream or something. Like for the rest of the day, like I'm, I'm blowing it up. I'm, you know, blowing it up by the meaning of like farting, like, like uh, So I got washed in jeans. I mean, how do you get, a, you know? Um, in that situation, I definitely recommend bringing them to mother. Actually, a lot of five hundred ones. We actually dry clean them. You can launder five hundred ones, but in in my experience, it just it turns out better, right? The the yeah. chemical is less uh, harsh on you on, on in that particular situation. So, 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 so if, you, yeah. if you've got a lot of fart, <laughs> I'm talking about normal people who are lactose intolerant and don't eat eat a bunch of dairy. Okay, so I try not to. I really do sometimes. Yeah, okay. So yeah. I so get, so I get do you have any more farty questions? Hey, no, man. All right, so I have a question for you. Um. This is a good one, very common uh, investing question, but it's it's a really good one. Should I invest in my business? Oh, in my business or stocks or real estate? Okay, my business. I didn't know that one. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 and this is something a lot of business owners struggle with, right? You know, you look at your business and my business. Sure. Like every, you know, every dollar I put in my business, you know, I could potentially like double it or triple it, you know, within within twelve months, you know, because I own it, I control it, I know where it should go. And so you're like, you're like, well, man, if I'm doing that in my business, right, why would I even invest in, you know, rental properties or, you know, or, you know, or, or stocks or mutual funds or ETFs. And, and so, you know, m my, the reason why I do it is I, I think about it more like buying life insurance. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's like, Hey man, I don't, I don't plan on dying. And so if I pay that money, uh, every single month, and I don't die. Like it was a waste of money, right? Cause I could have used it and put in my business and grew it more. But if I do die, my family's taken care of. Same thing in the business. You, know, I'll be growing a business aggressively, growing at that rate for seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty years, right? Right. And if I don't, if I wait to start investing in passive income like right. stocks and real estate, right? Um, then I lost all the compounding Compound, over that period yeah. of time, and God forbid, I you know my business blows up for whatever reason or doesn't achieve the plan that I think is you know the thing is going to grow, and and I find out in twenty years, well now I'm screwed, right? And so your ego tells you, nah, my business plans are going to work out, right? But I've met so many people that that like, 
in 13 years, if the amount of people that I met at 50 and 60 that said, Philip, I used to be worth X, or Philip, I used to be do this, is, and they're not dumb people, like these are smart people, but right. just some major change. Yeah, their industry change, you got politicians who do crazy things that affect your, in, your industry. You just, I mean, you, you may go through a divorce, right? there's lots of things that can happen that can, you know, affect your financial, your, your business, and that you can't control, it just makes sense to put away some money that compounds, you know, over the long term. And, and, and I just say just pick a number, right? So whether the number's 5%, I think 10% is a good minimum. Mm-hmm. And you just consistently put that away, and then you can invest all the rest, you know, back, into, the, your back into your business. Yeah, and I, I, could, I completely concur with that. I mean, um, one of the things that I had to learn, and if you know anything about, you know, starchies, I used to be there all the time, you know, 24 uh, 24, it seemed like 24 hours a day, but it was 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, 15, 16, 17 hours a day, and six days a week, right? And the reality is, is what I've learned about being in business is it's not about being there all the time. It's about, uh, and it's not about doing everything yourself. It's about being able to leverage your time, right? And and what you said was exactly right. Pat, yeah, passive income, right? Having multiple streams of income. Um, while I do think that your main focus needs to be on your business, right? Because I think I hear a lot of people that, that talk to me about wanting or, or they have a business, you know, and they, they have all these different ideas and that's great. But you have to have something that's that's your bread and butter, mm-hmm. right? To, to get that seed money to do all the you know other things. You know, anyone that I talk to that's, you know, done bigger, better things than I have, they've always said, you know, they have something that was their main thing that mm-hmm. got them going. And I think that that's important is to understand that you have to have something that you put the majority of your time and effort into. And it's okay to have passive income, like what you were saying, as far as, you know, rental property or two or five or ten or some other uh, business that's bringing you some income. But you need to have something that's paying the bills and and, and that's kind of, you know, your main your main item. And And I definitely think, like you said, the majority of your money needs to go there. But. It's okay to have those other streams, mm-hmm. and don't feel cheated. I remember I used to think, oh, well, if I'm doing something else, I'm taking away from the time that I need to be, you know, putting into my bread and butter. But no, you got to leverage your time. That's the main thing. Absolutely. Hey, and and you know, this is a plug. I did a video like on my Stonehill Wealth Management page today earlier. Check it out. It's about the wealth building account. It's for this purpose, right? So it's, you know, uh, a, a lot of things that business owners worry about is, well, Philip, I don't want to put it in a 401k or IRA or Roth because it's locked up and if I need it, I can't get it. And I'm always like, you don't have to. Like, there's a, I call it a well-building account. It's really like an individual brokerage account mm-hmm. that has no restrictions. Uh, you can put as much money as you want um, into it. No penalties for getting your money. Right? It's flexible. You can manage it with an unlimited amount of investments. Um, you're not really limited on that. Um, um, but it's just a way to put away money and then in seven years if you needed to expand your business or to invest in a new one you know you have it or if in you know 12 months you might need it for whatever reason you got it or whatever it's no restriction on you can get the money um, and you can use it for college planning for your kids for retirement it's flexible but that's just another you know like my business owner clients love having an individual account or the wealth building account um, to put money into monthly and not have it tied up until 59 and a half, right? Yeah, so, no, that is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, since we're doing shameless plugs, uh, 425 East Pleasant Run. If you're in Cedar Hill, Duncanville, or DeSoto, come check me out at Starchy's Dry Cleaning. We can talk about anything from shirts, shorts, summer gear, stocks, whatever you want to talk about. Just bring some clothes, please. 
Starts your dry cleaning. I think that wraps it up. You deliver too, right? Yes, seven dollar deliveries um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So you have to take seven. What if I live in Frisco? You like need to $7. contact your local. <laughs> no, no, I like I said, don't get me on the sort of Cedar Hill. Got it, got it. All right. Hey, y'all, uh, by the way, my disclaimer, uh, this is meant for educational purposes, not meant to be investment or financial advice. Seek your own investment counsel for making investment decisions. Investment involves risk. You can make money. There's no guarantees. You can run self-pay. Blah, blah, blah.